This is Uncle Funk of the Soul Children LA, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host DJ Rome on KCWG, thetruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. We are back, KCWG, thetruth.com. Name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. Oh my goodness, you will not believe who we are talking to this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, this good brother has been all over the P-Funk universe, let me tell you. And it's not just limited to that. This is a world-renowned, celebrated talent that has rocked our record collections uh, for any of us that been record collectors since the uh, beginning of time. <laughs> and for some of us, that was the 60s and the 70s, sometimes the 80s. But I guarantee you, if you were around digging for records during that time, you got this man's music in your collection. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, Mr. David Lee Spradley. Mr. Spradley, are you there? How you doing, Romy? Oh man, I am good to go. Thank you so much for joining us on Psychotic Bump School. Man, I know we're on different time coast but uh the funk is just as strong out here and i want to hear all about it from you so i mean i'm just looking at your resume you you have a lot of experience playing with a lot of diverse bands but i see a very very strong connection to the funk uh what can you tell us about your connection to the funk music and all these funk music stars and soul stars that you've played with i was just blessed to be part of it totally Mm -hmm. blessed to be a part of it I, I mean, best part of my life, really. Wow. Who brought you, you know, into that? It was a total, another yeah. freak accident. How that connection happened, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. You want to hear it? I do. Okay. I'm all ears. I'm in Detroit. Now, I've already left school and everything. I'm a professional musician. Now I can read, right? I've been playing piano, keyboards for uh, this guy over at the Disc Recording Studio. Uh, his name was Greg Riley. He's the main engineer over there, and he was 
recording a lot of sessions and he liked my playing so he would call me now and then to come over and do sessions anything from pop to rock to country you name it uh, r&b uh so one night he calls me and says hey i got this uh session coming up tonight and the keyboard player is stuck in new york he can't make it and the band's really hot and they need to get this uh recording done can you make the session i said yeah sure it's paying right he says oh yeah it's it's, it's legit it'll be a legit session and i said okay i'll do it so I get to the studio, and I meet Donnie Sterling of Sterling's Starship. And this brother is like, you know, in his concert wear. I mean, he's he's got his concert stuff on. And I'm saying, okay, wow, this is going to be a cool session, right? Mm-hmm. And I had no idea, but he, he says, I need you to put some uh, piano on this uh, song. I said, okay, let me hear it. And, man, when he played the track, that was it. Because, see, prior to this session, I hadn't listened to, I didn't know who Parliament Funkadelic was. I did not know. I was ignorant. So when I heard the music, and, ooh, I just, it just, like, struck a chord in me. And then I said, let me get to the piano now. And I started plunking, and the guy says, just record this, right, record him. And I recorded a piano overdub in one take. And then he said, do you hear any other keyboard parts for the song? I said, yeah, synthesizers, man. You need synthesizers on this. Mm. and created three synthesizer parts for the song. Mm. And after that, it was like, man, this is so hooked up. Thank you so much, and here's the money. And I said, oh, man, thank you. It was a pleasure. Anytime, you know, I love the music. It's fantastic. And I went home, and I'm just kind of tickled to death. You know, I'd never played any kind of music like that. And I, I never had the freedom just to be myself. You know, a session, usually they would say, well, play like so-and-so, or give me this, or here's this piece of sheet music, play this, you know? And uh, I was, like, freaked out, man. It was just so amazing. The next day, I get a phone call, and it's George Clinton himself. He calls me at home and says, man, I want to meet you. (laughs) I said, I want to meet you, too. So that's how we met. Oh, the tune, Big Bang Theory. I heard it on the radio a month later, and I said, oh, my God. That's the song I just was in the studio recording a month ago. Oh, and here it is. It was radio. What? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm on the radio. Wait a minute. That that okay. Take us back to Big Bang Theory. So it that's an instrumental jam. <laughs> so what did that man? That's off the 1979 Gloria Halla Stupid album, right? First single. First single. So what what do you recall about that arrangement? They asked you, could you add synthesizers to it? So theoretically and just creatively, modally, how did you approach that song when they challenged you with coming up with those additional parts? It. It, 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 I just heard them, 
while I was playing, I mean, you know, I was playing the, the piano part, which is more of a rhythm chordal thing, you know, uh, just a funky, nice uh, feel on the piano. But as I was doing that, I heard these other parts. They just, I just heard them in my head. And then when I uh, translated and synthesized it, they were very attractive. Mm. Wow. That right there is a classic album. Um, the title track, Gloria Halla Stupid. Uh, just in general, uh, what else can you recall about those sessions? Because that's 1979. We have the 80s and the 90s to get to as well, David. So uh, anything else stand out in your mind about the Gloria Halla Stupid sessions? You know, Tyrone Lampkin, the drummer who passed away, may he rest in peace. Yes. But I got to work with him. And that was pretty amazing. What was that like? I mean, just he's such a fantastic drummer, you know. Mm. Those are the hardest instruments to play. It sounds crazy. They don't have a keys or, you know, doesn't matter what key you're in, but they're the hardest instruments to play. So yeah. uh, working with great drummers like that, Dennis Chambers, you know, mm -hmm. my God, you know. Oh, wow. Uh, Mud Cooper. Mudbone Boots. Cooper. Absolutely. Lucy's a hell of a, I mean, they're all great drummers, and it was a pleasure. Tony uh, Wilson, I think, was our live drummer in the show. He was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of some other cats. Let's see. There's more. There's so many. Uh, Braley? Uh, Jerome Braley. Uh, Frank. Cush. Cush. Waddy. Yes. Yeah. Cats, man. Yeah. I mean, all these wonderful musicians. That's what was the beauty of the funk. Mm. You know, wow. these guys all love music, man, in their mm -hmm. own special ways. Absolutely. You know, the Funk Brothers had a, a guitar section with three, d d at their peak, three guitar players. And they famously said on Standing in the Shadows of Motown that their parts never got in the way of each other. They just kind of, you know, got together like little magpies, as uh, my man Jack Ashford said in the uh, documentary. And they just, they just feeded out their parts. And so other keyboardists, I'm sure, had passed through the P-Funk Studios during those sessions. I'm, I'm assuming uh, the great uh, Barney Worrell was somewhere in the mix. Uh, well, that's whose place I took that night. I was telling you about in the studio. He was, he was still in New York. He was supposed to do that song. Mm. But that's how I got introduced to the P-Funk, though. So it was meant to happen that way. And by the way, Bernie Worrell, may he rest in peace. Absolutely. Was my idol for, I mean, still, still mm -hmm. my idol. Yeah. I got to sit next to him and play live on stage, and there's that's that's where you really learn the funk is on the stage. Ooh. And I got to sit right next to him, and he would play the organ or the clav or mm -hmm. the prophet. I'd play another keyboard, and we would bounce back and forth and trade keyboards and do parts. We just had a blast. It was just so much fun. Yeah. Well, we're talking tonight with David Lee Spradley of the P-Funk, keyboard player, songwriter, uh, uh, one of the masterminds of the funk, ladies and gentlemen. Um, such an honor to talk to you, man. Let's go to the 80s, man. Um, okay. 79 was a great year. Gloria Hella Stupid. 1980 comes, and you guys have this thing called Trombipulation. You got 81, uh, 82 with uh, computer games. Uh, 83, you had urban dance floor gorillas with the p-funk all-stars you're you're on all of those projects and i haven't even really gotten into you know all of george's solo discography um 
how would you characterize your contribution to P-Funk during the 1980s, during the run of uh, urban dance floor gorillas and computer games in particular? Well, on computer games is the, the best song I ever wrote in my life, which is Atomic Dog. So mm. I, I, that's number one and still is number one. You know, as far as I haven't been able to top that record. I'm trying to. George <laughs> <laughs> well, and I have gotten together a few times in the last 30 years trying to make another dog, and we're still trying. But I will say this. He's uh, going to be in a movie this year, World, Tro well, let's see, World Trolls Tour 2020. It's, mm -hmm. it's a Trolls movie, and uh, George is a character in the movie. And I understand there's a new version of Atomic Dog in it. Oh, wow. So, the movie. Wow. Uh, yeah. What can you tell us about what you remember about that session? Because magic is called magic for a reason. It happens. It's either you're there to experience it and, and it's a perishable experience. And once it's gone, once it's gone, it's gone. What is it about that session during Atomic Dog that made it so difficult to duplicate? That session was a gift from God, brother. Mm. Talk to me about that. Johnny, it was a pure gift from God to me and George. Hmm. You know, I mean, to me as a rising, budding, you know, new musician, producer on the scene and to George, who's our, whose career had already peaked twice <laughs> already. Right. <laughs> and it was on a downswing again or on the upswing. I don't remember. But all I know is that song changed both of our lives and the, and everybody else too. think about it. Mm -hmm. I never yeah. did a song that again. When I got there to the studio, I didn't even know what I was going to play that night. You know, sometimes I would work out a chord progression at home or a melody or a bass line or something at home, and I'd come that on the way to the studio and say, this is what I'll do tonight. But this particular session, it was late January, it was snowing. About 6 o'clock, I walk up the steps to United Sound, looking at the snow. I'm going, man, it's snowing. And I go in the house, into the studio, B, studio B, and I sit down and say, well, we cutting tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Acapelli was there, Gary Scheider, um, uh, uh, Capitol Records Vice President Ted Curry was there, and uh, Ron Wright, the drummer in my local band, was there. And uh, I said, let me get some ideas going here. So I walked out into the studio where the piano was, and I sat down at the piano, and I said a little prayer. Mm. Answered my prayers. Wow. God, did he answer my prayers. lines on the piano 
Then I went back into the studio and I told Acapella, the engineer, I said, lay me down six minutes, you know, of uh, Sempty so we could start syncing up. Mm. And, uh, you know, there was, there's going to be a friend of mine here in Detroit, Piranha Head, Maurice Hurd. He's a brilliant musician, arranger, just engineer, all of that. He's going to do a video documentary of the making of Atomic Dog with uh, interviewing me and other related uh, entities like Jim Biddy, who yes. worked a lot on the record. Right. And he's going to make that, and we're in the works now. That's one of the things I was working on. So okay. that and uh, this new record I'm working on. Absolutely. So, well, I definitely want to talk to you about that. Yeah, go ahead. Computer game, I mean, you know, uh, Atomic Dog... Let me say this. Atomic Dog as a song has kept me in the mu- music business, literally. That mm-hmm. one song has allowed me to continue uh, experimenting, writing, recording, producing, trying to find another big, make another big song like that. No. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest contribution to the funk. Oh, but, a contribution it was. Yeah, go ahead. Dude, and when you play P-Funk All-Stars, man, Hydraulic Pump, come on. You're gonna love all that stuff. Those were those were very very creative years for me as a as a keyboardist writer. You know, writing uh, really nice music. You know, right. "Dog Is Man's Best Friend." I mean, what a beautiful song that is. Sure is. Loopzilla. Loopzilla. Yeah, that's a crazy track too. <laughs> what was that song about? That was just a loop that. George heard me play this breakdown in Dog is Man's Best Friend. We had to go, we created a breakdown about three minutes into the song. And I started doing this thing on the synth bass. It was just, he's just like, man, I got to have that. I got to have that over and over and over and over again. Don't touch that radio. Absolutely. But see, I don't know if people know, well, I don't know how many people know, songs that you've played on and have co-written have actually been pulled as the first singles. You you wrote, co-wrote, um, what was the first single off of uh, Urban Dance Floor Gorillaz? Uh, Generator Pop. That's you. Yep. Yeah, that's my song, man. One of my 
I mean, double uh-oh. I mean, I've been reading up on you, uh, Mr. Spradley. Double uh-oh, bulletproof. That's all you, Nubian nut? That's you? Yeah, man. Oh, let me say on the radio right now, Nubian nut. There's a young gentleman who worked with me on that record that did not get credit that he should have gotten. His name is Ronald Kronovich. Ron, this is for you. Ron played the hell out of the keyboards. He played the Prophet 5 on Nubian nut. And I just wanted mm. to put that and how will we recognize that part in the song? Where, where does it stand out right from the beginning? The beautiful swelling synth parts that glide through the, the beat. Because I'm doing the groove stuff and he was doing all the texture stuff and it was sweet. Mm. You'll hear it. Yeah. You'll hear the, the five luxurious, those luscious oscillators opening filters and closing back up. It's, it's, that's what makes the song, you know? So you're known from those real percolating keyboard bass lines. Um, you did it again on Tweaking on the Cinderella Theory. Um, wow. 1989. Uh, what can you recall about that session in uh, 1989 on the Cinderella Theory album? Tweaking, tweaking. God, I'm trying to remember tweaking. Oh, man, that was a weird song. <laughs> but I did like the bass line on that song. <laughs> yeah, did. I love good bass man. Yeah. You know, if you got a line uh, Rome you got a you got a good chance of getting somebody's attention I mean, it, it definitely has elements of the Atomic Dog magic. I mean, you got Flavor Flav, you got Chuck D on that one. Penny Ford, I think, is on that one, too. And uh, Man, well, you know, George is beloved. So anybody that is offered an opportunity to record with him jumps on it. Wow. To this day, even. I mean, he's still uh, such a connoisseur of, of the funk and the industry. Uh, you were on Hey Man, Smell My Finger. You were on the awesome power of a fully operational mothership. I mean, you've been all over the P-Funk. Some of my best jokes are friends from 1985. Come on. I mean, Dude. man, do, do you have a favorite? I mean, is it fair? I mean, is there any, I mean, you know, without stating the obvious, you know, we, we've been talking about Atomic Dog, but what are some of the highlights? I mean, you, you're right in the thick of all the magic that we've been dancing to all these years. Does David Lee Spradley have some favorite takeaway moments from the P-Funk career that he's contributed to? 
man, that's tough. That's really tough because mm-hmm. there's so many. There's so many. But what about the time I, uh, when Roger uh, Troutman, who he's passed away, but he rest in peace, right. from Zap was across the hall from me, recording the uh, original, uh, the you know the foundation tracks, which would be drums, bass, and guitar, for a tune that he was calling more bounce to an ounce. And at the time, it was just those three tracks. And he said, Dave, come over here, man. Listen to this and tell me what you think. Mm. I looked at him, man. He played, I listened to him about for about half a minute. And I'm going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> and I told him, I said, dude, this is a smash. He hadn't even put any vocals or anything on it yet. It was just the drums, the bass, and his rhythm guitar. Because Roger's rhythm guitar was incredible. Not only could he play lead, but, I mean, his rhythm parts. Something about Ohio cats, man. Rhythm, you know, Catfish, Collins, Boosie's yes. brother. Right. Awesome rhythm guitar player. Awesome rhythm guitar player. Mm-hmm. Tiger, uh, drummer from uh, Cincinnati. I, I met him. Uh, these cats have that funk, okay? Mm-hmm. And Roger just knew how to put it all together. I, I said, man, you got to smash here. I don't know what it's going to be, but. Uh, and then George, you know worked with uh, Roger and turned it into what it is today. The, probably the biggest dance floor record ever made. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, that was uh, around the Uncle Jam Records day. So when Roger and Zap came into the fold, there was also the Felipe Wynn era. I uh, got to work with him. Yes, I, I saw that. Lead singer of The Spinners. Talk to us about That's- those sessions a little bit. Felipe Wynn, what, was, what were your experiences with him? The genius, man. What a beautiful soul, man. Wow. You know, he had so much to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful wow. cat. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Funkadelic. I, I know you remember the one, of course, not just Needy, when he's just riffing at the end of that. I mean, make no mistake. It's kind of <laughs> got what it takes. Oh, my God. Yeah, all the singers <laughs> in P-Funk, though, were inspired, man. Come on. Mm. They, George had a knack for finding people that needed to be heard, that, you know, could wow. express themselves, needed to be heard. I mean, Eddie Hazel. Wow. He was an Come original. On. That's he right. He was an original, man. I got to play with him, man. He's incredible. Whoa. Mike Hampton, Blackbird. Come on, Skeet. Mm. All these great cats, man. The horns, horny horns, Greg, Greg. Horny Greg. horns. Yes. Yeah. How about the same? The bride. Man, drummers, you want to talk about drummers? Benny's son plays with George now live. I just, I sat in with them in Detroit last June when they played in Detroit. Uh-huh. And I got to sit with them. And man, Ben Z's son. Mm. Wow. So he, I told him, I said, you remind me of Tyrone Lampkin and Dennis Chambers all rolled into one. <laughs> Whoa. That is some kind of foot. <laughs> I think I made a friend when I told him that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was, he's super bad. Wow. He's. Well, playing with them, you've also played, I mean, the P-Funk would be a stellar resume by itself, but you've played with Aretha. You've played with Patty Austin, um, Earl Clue, Stevie Wonder. Uh, my God. Everybody. Everybody, uh, I know we don't have a lot of time left with you, but what can you tell us about some of your time with Aretha and people like Stevie? What what was that like? Stevie is an inspiration, let me tell you right now. The man is awesome. The f- 
first time I met him, I just felt this incredible aura of energy emanating from him. It just pulls you in. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful cat, man. He came and him and about 15 other people came to my house and uh, listened to my band play. And uh, he sat down and played my keyboard and wrote us a song, man. It was just incredible. Uh, mm. First experience meeting that guy. And then I, I, off and on throughout the rest of my life, I've run into him at different shows and stuff. What a beautiful cat, you know. And Aretha will make she rest in peace, you know. It's like all these people <laughs> all I got to people. play with. Right. What'd you do with Aretha? Uh, it was just a short run with her because uh, she liked to cancel gigs. And I was a professional musician at the time. Mm. And I'd be like, hey, you know, I canceled some of my own gigs to do your gigs. And now you're canceling your gigs and I can't get my gigs back. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but it was still, she's still amazing. She was an amazing uh, a workhorse, you know, in, in rehearsal. I mean, she loved to rehearse. That's good. Wow. That's why the queen of soul, you know? Absolutely. But uh, uh, one of my favorite stories, though, is Anita Baker, because when I first mm. got into the music scene in Detroit, I joined the R&B group called Chapter 8. Mike yes. Powell was a guitar player, leader of the band, and David Washington, may he rest in peace. <sighs> Bass player, beautiful right. singer. Anyway, they had this young girl singing in the band. Her name was Anita Baker. <laughs> and that was my introduction to R&B. <laughs> Wow. My first R&B gig was with Chapter 8 and Anita Baker. Man. Well, my man, I, man, you R.I.P. so many people tonight, man. You're making my head spin. It's like, my God. You know, <laughs> I talked to somebody before about Kobe Bryant. It's like, man, th this world is really turning, man. It's like, man, whoa. Poor right? It's crazy. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you have some projects out right now. Um, I've seen a little bit of D. Lee and the Edge. Uh, what can you tell us about some of the uh, music that you're working on these days? Well, the latest project is one that is really close to my heart because it started out as just a friend doing a friend a favor. But mm -hmm. a friend of mine named Gil Johnson, he retired from the auto business and wanted to achieve a bucket list item, a lifelong dream. He wanted to record himself singing a song in the studio. And he asked me if I would help him get that together. Mm. And that started in back in the summer last year. And over the last six months, we put together the arrangement. I got all the best musicians and we recorded a Gino Vanelli composition called uh, Keep On Walking. And Gil sang the lead on it, and it's beautiful. So we're working on more tracks so we can get him a EP ready, and uh, we're going to get Gil out there this year. It's going to be really nice. Wow. That's a beautiful story, man. Yeah, I was listening to a little of his story, man. It was inspirational, you know, the, the talking about being uh, in your, no matter what stage of life you're in, man, it's never too late. You got that dream. You, you, you have those aspirations, man. It, it, it doesn't leave you. I mean, sooner or later, uh, you're going to have to answer that bell and uh, make it happen. And a project like Gills is certainly uh, one for the ages, uh, literally. I told him, I told Gil, you're going to inspire, you know, there's 55 million people out here that are over 60. Hmm. And I told him, I said, man, you are going to inspire all these people. Right, right. It's never too late, man. 
Wow. If you got a dream, chase it. Go after it. Wow. This message. Hmm. Sure is. I, I, I can't do it no more, David. You, I mean, ah. you landed on one right there. Don't stop chasing your dream. Uh, David Lee Spradley, thank you so much for joining us tonight. What's the best way for people to keep in touch with you and uh, follow your music? Well, they could just go to CD Baby, where I have a lot of my, you know, original stuff, you know, stuff that uh, I've done over the years. And that'll just type in uh, David Spradley or D. Lee, and you, you got me. I mean, I'm all over YouTube. Come on. <laughs> with all different groups and incarnations. So, but yeah, pleasure talking to you, DJ. Likewise. Thank you. You can come back anytime you like. You hear? That's David. Yeah, Lee. I'll let you know how we're doing with the project further down the road, okay? Oh, please do. Thanks a lot. And please come again, okay? You be Thank you very much. There. Have a great day. Thanks a lot. You too. Wow, wow, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, that was David Lee Spradley, uh, one of the major architects of the funk. And oh my God, we, we just scratched the surface, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I can't believe I just spoke to that gentleman. Uh, Nubian Nut, big hit for George Clinton. Um, uh, oh my God, Double Uh-Oh and Bulletproof. Uh, first singles off of some of, the, some of my best jokes of Friends album, R&B Skeletons in the Closet. Uh, Godmama, like you said, one of Bootsy Collins' uh, spinoff groups. Uh, hey Man, Smell My Finger, The Awesome Power of a Fully Operational Mothership. Glory, Halla Stupid from 1979. That's David Lee Spradley playing on the Big Bang Theory. Oh my God. Trombipulation. Uh, and of course, the one, the seminal classic, Atomic Dog. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard from the co-creator of Atomic Dog in the studio with Gary Scheider, with, of course, George Clinton, and put it down. Shouts out also to the great Gary Mudbone Cooper. Oh my God, what a career and what a life in the funk. It's just mind blowing. So you see I'm geeking out here as we close out our show, but <laughs> that is our show. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome and we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Check back with us. We shall return next week and we out of here, y'all. Take care. <laughs>